thank Rhonda too for sharing uh, that word of testimony this morning. And you know, that's the thing about us as Christians: we all have a story. We have a story of who we were before we came to Christ. We have a story about how we learned about Jesus and the gospel and when we got saved. We have a, a story that is continuing now. And uh, we are, uh, as believers, uh, living out this story, and it continues to unfold. And, and I want to encourage you to look for opportunities in your life to be able to share your story uh, or, or parts of your story, whether it be in a, an extended amount of time or an abbreviated uh, a portion of time. Uh, look for those opportunities to share your story about when you uh, came into contact with Jesus and how he has made a difference in your life. We're going to look at one such story this morning today in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. I want to encourage you to turn there with me in your copy of God's Word. And we're going to see a story of a blind man uh, coming to sight uh, and how that can uh, teach us some valuable lessons. The sermon title is Believing is Seeing. And that's uh, backwards for a lot of people because there are some people, they will not believe until they can actually see it for themselves. Uh, one notorious person in that regard in our household is Jaden, uh, our three-year-old son. Uh, we'll be driving down the road, and we've learned that if there, you see something out the window that you want Jaden to see, you've got to give him opportune time in advance to be able to lay his eyes on it, or, or else you're just going to cause a lot of problems. Uh, for example, you'll be driving down the road and you'll say, Jaden, look, there's a choo-choo train. Or, or Jaden, look over there, look at those cows. Or, or Jaden, look at that tractor. And when you do that, uh, inevitably the, the result is this. There'll be about a two or three second pause and then you'll hear one single word. Well, 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 Daddy, where's the choo-choos? Daddy, well, where's the tractor? Well, I don't see it. And then you just cause a whole lot of problems. You say, well, it was back there. You've just got to trust me. There was a tractor. But if he can't see it, then he won't, he won't believe you. An example that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were driving down Ironworks, and we were passing Mae Klein's farm. There, you know, she's got all the goats out there on the farm. And lo and behold, Nancy said, oh, look at that. There's baby goats. And everybody's, oh, look at the baby goats. And then a couple second pause, well, where's the baby goats? And uh, Nancy said, oh, Jaden's got to see the baby goats. Honey, turn the van around so we can go back and see the baby goats. And I'm like, no, we're not turning the van around. We're going down the road. There's baby goats over there. We'll, we'll see them another time. You know, and Jade, well, where's the baby goats? And she said, You're, you turn the van around. And I said, I am not turning this van around. That is it. Then we hit Clark Energy, and I turned the van around, and we went back. And you see, the ironic thing was we were trying to see the baby goats, but I realized I was going to be the goat in this story if I didn't turn around so everybody in the car could see the baby goats. But uh, that's an example of someone who will not believe unless they see. But is it possible that you can see something only after believing in it first. This morning we're going to see a passage where this happens. And not only is it possible that you can 
see something only after believing in it. In fact, it is a requirement for entering into the kingdom of God that you first believe and then your eyes are open to see the things God has in store for you in your life. The lesson from this story today, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and then wholeheartedly follow Him, seeing then the expectations that He has for you as His disciple. I want to encourage you to stand with me if you're able to this morning in reverence for the reading of God's holy word. As we read from Mark chapter 10, verse 46, and these words were written by Mark under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up. He is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for this text of Scripture that is before us today. Lord, so much valuable truth. What a wonderful example Bartimaeus is for us. Even today, 2,000 years later, as his eyes were opened, Lord, I pray you would open our eyes today that we might see, God, the beauty of who Jesus Christ is, the glory of the work that he did on the cross, and we might see the truth of what it takes to be a follower of Jesus. There be someone here today, Lord, that needs to make that initial decision to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray you would open their eyes today because you and you alone have that power. And Father, after seeing the Lord Jesus, after seeing their need, I pray they would come to Jesus and embrace him by faith. Lord, this is a lesson valuable to everyone today, and I pray we all are tuned in to what you have in store for us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may have a seat. We've been working our way through Mark's Gospel. We have noticed from chapter 8 through chapter 10 this common theme of discipleship. What it means to become a follower of Jesus and, and what it means to continue following Jesus. And interestingly enough, today's passage is, is the end, not only of chapter 2, but the end of this subsection on discipleship. And, and it's, it's really interesting to see that this section began with the healing of a blind man, and it ends today with the healing 
of another blind man. I want to encourage you to hold your spot here in chapter 10 and flip back a couple chapters to chapter 8 and let's see where this section began and let's see what wonderful things are being tied together in the middle of these two sections where blind men are being healed. Actually, we can go back to chapter 8, verse 17. Jesus had just fed 4,000 and the disciples had yet to come to grasp with exactly who Jesus was and what he had come to do. And they were arguing because they had forgotten to bring bread onto the boat. And verse 17, Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? And he re- reminds them of the story of the healing, of the feeding of the 5,000 and reminds them of the wonderful things he has done. In verse 21 he says, saying to them, do you not yet understand? So the whole idea was the disciples were seeing all these things, but they weren't really seeing it for what it really was. They weren't seeing beyond the surface level into the deeper things God was doing right in front of them. And so on the tail end of Jesus asking them, do you not see? Don't you understand? Is your heart hardened to what's going on? Verse 22, they came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to Jesus. Interesting. Jesus has been talking about spiritual blindness and here comes a physical blind man and they asked Jesus to touch him and Jesus laid his hands on him in verse 23. He says, do you see anything? And he looked and he said, I see men, for I see them like trees walking around. He could see, but it was still kind of fuzzy. He says, then he laid his hands on him, laid his hands on his eyes a second time. He looked intently and was restored and began to see everything clearly. It, it took two touches in this story for this man to gain full sight. And some people say, well, well, Jesus must have done a, a halfway job the first time. No. This was a living parable. Jesus was teaching his disciples something. They, they were coming to an idea of who he was, but they were, weren't really grasping the reality of what he had come to do, die on the cross, and then the full implications for them as followers they didn't quite see the full picture yet and interestingly right after that Jesus asked the disciples who do people say that I am and they answered John the Baptist or Elijah one of the prophets and he continued who do you say I am Peter said you are the Christ alright they are seeing They are seeing who Jesus was. And he began to teach them, verse 31, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed after three days rise again. He was stating the matter plainly. And and as we've seen over the last few weeks, he's done this three times in this chapter. The repetition of what he had come to do. And they continually fail to truly understand that. And then it says in verse 32, Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him, and Jesus, turning around and seeing his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You're not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. And so the disciples needed a second touch. 
to truly understand. They, they understood Jesus was the Messiah. They were getting that. You are the Christ. But exactly what the Christ had come to do, die on the cross as a substitute for their sins, and also to set the example of how God loves people, therefore to follow Christ means we need to sacrificially love people selflessly. They didn't quite comprehend that yet. Their vision of the big picture of God through Jesus Christ was still blurry. And so over the course of the next three chapters, we've seen story 